0: Guess what guys, there is only one place you can get a true Colorado Mountain Pie. It's your favorite, locally owned, legendary, unbelievably delicious pizza joint, Bojo's. The Colorado Mountain Pie has become a staple for not only natives, but for those who are just passing through and want to know where the best pizza in town is. Bojo's is the only answer. Bojo's dough is made fresh daily and contains locally sourced honey. You heard that right. They infuse their dough with natural sweetener, and it is to die for. There's something for everyone at Bojo's. Large, delicious mountain pies for the entire family, a huge salad bar with fresh veggies galore, Colorado beer on tap, including our personal favorite, Breck Brews, and your personal favorite sports teams playing in the background. Bojo's has private party rooms for all your holiday get-togethers or to celebrate birthdays and other large events. They have $4 happy hours in select locations along with gluten-free and plant-based options as well. There is nothing more important to Bojo's than their community, which is why they are always happy to help you raise money for your fundraising causes. Host your next fundraising event at any of their five front-range locations. They are also offering their holiday se- this holiday season a special pint-glass koozies that make great stocking stuffers and come with a $5 gift card. Check those out at their site today at bojos.com. That's bojos.com. And tell them DNVR Rams sent you. Off the high screen, Dorian kicked to the corner. Fayron for 3 It's It's the foul! And back to throw is the quarterback, and Hayward is sacked by. There's your touchdown, Michael Gallup. Got it down low, Hornung, dump! And here come the students. Leading by 10, here's Van Pelt. He's at the five, touchdown Colorado State. What's up, y'all? We are back with another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Bojo's Pizza. Bojo's Pizza, Colorado's own mountain pie. It's Tuesday, January 28th. It's late. It's about 10.45 p.m. Had a busy day. Got a lot done. Had a productive day. That's always good. Got to see some family in and Loveland and, and have dinner. Had a really nice dinner. I got to look up what this place was called. I posted it. On Twitter, Uh, it was the first time I'd ever been there. It's the Tilted Barrel Brew Pub. It was kind of a West Loveland, basically just off of uh, Taft Hill or Wilson, whatever it becomes in Loveland. Uh, But really good. I had a green chili burger, nice sad panda, repping Fort Collins as always. But yeah, (laughs) that's why I'm recording late. That really had nothing to do with the podcast, but just giving you a little background info kind of a random episode today. We are going to talk a little bit of CSU football. It's Tuesday, which means we're going to conclude with The Bachelor, obviously, uh, but we will talk football before that. Uh, before I jump into football, though, I did want to just briefly address two things. One, there is an Instagram account called the Shirley Temple King, which if you've been on Twitter, you probably saw it. This gone completely viral over like the last day, but like the cutest kid I have ever seen. All he does is like go around to, to different restaurants and review their Shirley temples. And you want to know what this kid, he knows his Shirley temple. He gives it, gives it to him straight. doesn't beat around the bush. I like it, uh, but just an adorable little kid. I, I highly recommend you check it out. Speaking of dope Instagram accounts, we are going to have Nicholas Toffelmeyer, I hope I pronounced his last name right. <laughs> I'm going to talk to him later this week. We're going to have him on the podcast. He runs the daily Adam Thistlewood Instagram account, which I have talked about multiple times. It's like probably my favorite account on Instagram, if we're being honest. I think it's hilarious. Uh, super excited to hear from this kid, uh, young man. Excuse me. Uh, you know, I we're like months into this podcast. How many times have I said I'm going to stop saying kid? I keep saying it. It's... Probably my worst habit, it's not my worst habit, but one of my worst habits, I definitely got to stop. My apologies, Nick. I, I did not mean that in a disrespectful manner. And I think everybody understands that, even like the players, there are times where I've referred to them as kids in front of them and they just, like, they I, they don't even scoff or anything. But it's just one of those weird things I can't seem to stop doing. But we're going to have him on the podcast later, trying to get back on track here I uh, actually, you know, kind of discovered him after the Duke game. Speaking of the Duke game, whoa, hold up. We've got a fight. I'm watching the Utah State Wyoming game. I'm going to get back on track here in a second, but a fight will stop anything. Okay, turns out not that exciting of a fight. My apologies for getting derailed. Pretty much just some shoving, typical basketball stuff. I love basketball. Uh, But there's nothing that cracks me up more than the two guys that shove each other that clearly want no business of each other, like two dudes that are never, ever going to throw down, but they puff their chests out and and shove each other anyways. A classic macho move. But speaking of Duke, which is what I was trying to talk about before I got derailed for like the eighth time in the first four minutes of this podcast, I already said this podcast was going to be random, and it's been way more (laughs) random than I even intended, so... Fun night, but if you're uh, watching the Utah State-Wyoming game, number 31 just got ejected. Adios, my friend. Anyways, I'm watching the Duke game earlier tonight, and Duke is playing Pitt, who is coached by Jeff Capel, who, if you don't know, played at Duke and was an assistant under Coach K for multiple seasons. Um, I don't think I've ever seen... I mean, I've seen Coach K show some emotion at, like, missed foul calls and stuff like that in big games. But he's one of those dudes that pretty much just, you know, sits at his post and kind of, you know, just stays mellow for most of the game. But the the Cameron crazies, who are one of the more ruckus, you know, student sections in the country were were chanting at Cable to come sit with them. And this was like right before halftime. And Coach K absolutely lost it. Dude came Completely unhinged. This was like in the middle of action. Coach K stands up. I don't even think he stood up for more than like 20 seconds in the CSU game. Shot up, shot up out of his seat and is like stomping, screaming across the court, telling them to shut up. I mean, like loud and and intensely. Then right before halftime, Coach K storms across the court and, and just gets like face to face with his own student section and yells that you know Capel's one of us he's one of us and first of all those duke those duke frat boys were shook and i don't blame him or them i should say because coach k was heated and it was terrifying he was he was pissed i i don't think i've ever seen a coach directly address the student section in that same way i mean you see him like you know laugh stuff off or like like ah you got me stuff like that but like to like actually confront the student section, your own student section. I don't know if I've ever seen that before. Maybe I have, and I just can't remember. The only thing I can, kind I mean, Larry Stacy used to make like sarcastic comments because opposing students would always bring up his past problems. It was just classic. You'd see keystone stuff, comments and and stuff like that. And Larry would always be like, Oh, like they need to get new material was one of those where as like Larry would say that it didn't bother that him, but it very clearly did. And honestly, that's, that's fair as complicated as he was still a person, still an emotion, still a tough thing to have brought up. But I do think coach K went a little overboard. I think even he would admit like if you watched his post game, you could tell he recognized that he probably shouldn't have gotten so heated at his own students. You want to generate support. After all, but I do think it's kind of cool that Coach K is so passionate about protecting one of his own guys and wanting him to get a warm welcome. I think that's respectable. I think that's admirable. Uh, there are a lot of people, you know, Coach K is one of those guys where it's like you either love him or you hate him. I'm honestly, I, I say that now I say I'm more in the middle, but I would lean more towards the appreciate than anything else. I just respect what he brings to the table. And I thought that was. Interesting, not sure he handled it in the best way, but cool that he protected one of his own guys and wanted to make it clear, like that's not the behavior we're going to have here. Chant for Duke, don't, you know, leave him alone. I think that's kind of cool. I'm not one of those people. I don't think the Cameron Crazies were out of line in the first place, if we're being honest, but it's just cool to see him like stand up for his guy. It's clear that it bothered Coach K. It's clear that he wanted him to get that warm welcome home, and that's kind of cool. That's that's kind of cool, but let's jump into some CSU football talk finally. I know eight minutes into this podcast already, A longer I guess if you count the intro, but let's talk a little CSU football. They did make two hires official today. Uh, less speculation, it's nice. At wide receivers, it's going to be Kenny Guyton. He was the former Ohio State quarterback. I actually, in my... Article today uh, when when I initially published it, I put Ohio State wide receivers, which which was incorrect. He was the quarterback. I was just thinking wide receivers. He's the wide receivers coach. Total uh, accident, but it's it's since been updated. But I did want to clarify that if you read that initially, I put that he was a wide receiver at Ohio State. He was the quarterback. Uh, Obviously, I remember that uh, it was like a fifty yard touchdown run he had against San Diego State way back in the day. Uh, but a really intriguing hire. It's not surprising. He, like I said, he had updated his Twitter bio to wide receivers coach last week. Uh, we saw that. But he's a guy who's very young. You know, was just playing college ball like six, seven years ago. Uh, but has had pretty good success in in limited action. He was at Louisiana Tech last year, where he coached outside wide receivers. Not exactly sure uh, what that distinction means. Probably just they had two guys that were qualified. So sometimes that happens. But uh, they averaged 32.5 points last year. Before that, they averaged 24.7 points. So significant increase with Guyton on the staff. Prior to that, he was at Houston for two years and worked with Major Applewhite. Those offenses were super explosive. I, I wrote about that in depth. If you're a subscriber, definitely go and check that out the the thing that intrigued me most is you know all they had five different receivers finished with 30 plus catches they all had four or more touchdowns that's not empty stats you know it's some guys can you know finish with 30, 30 35 catches and they're all 2 yards from the line of scrimmage and they don't go anywhere these were per- productive productive stats that's more impressive to me but definitely uh, intrigued i think there were a lot of people that were hoping Joe Cox would get uh, retained. I was one of them. I didn't, if you were going to retain a guy, I thought he was one that you would would pursue, but it seems like they're going to keep Jordan Jefferson around as an offensive GA. I'm honestly surprised Jefferson didn't end up somewhere bigger. He may have offers down the line. I'm not sure, but it's it's good to keep him around for continuity's sake, allow him to to work with uh, Guyton and, and Joey Lynch and and just, you know, establish a rapport with this very talented wide receiver core, you know, running the football obviously is going to be a big deal under Adazio. He's not calling plays, but when you're the leader of the program, you're obviously going to be giving your input. But that said, you know, when you have Warren Jackson, when you have Dante Wright and and some of these other guys, Ty McCulloch, even you, you got to find ways to, to get them involved. And I really expect they will. And based on the history of what Lynch did at Ball State, they Operated a ton out of the spread based on what Guyton did at Louisiana Tech as well as Houston. It really seems like they're going to be flexible. And I I think that's good. And I think it shows, you know, like I wrote in my article today, sometimes you just kind of have to wait and see how the entire picture, you know, plays out before we all overreact. You know, I'm as guilty as anybody when they hired Adazio. Initially, I was kind of like, ugh. And, you know, I'll admit, we still haven't seen anything. It still could, you know, play out poorly. But at this point, based on everybody he's brought in, I'm, I'm feeling fairly optimistic about the future of the program. And maybe that's, you know, me being naive. Maybe that's me searching for a silver lining after a couple of really rough seasons. But there's a lot of talent. And I think there's a good mix of experience and youth on this staff obviously, you know, there's a lot of people with Adazio connections The the other official announcement, Cody Booth, the tight end coach being one of them. Uh, But most of these guys have worked at major programs. You know, Chuck Heater obviously has worked all over. I just, you know, I'm intrigued. That's all. That's really all we can say at this point. Definitely looking forward to spring ball. It, It should be a good time, but That's, that's about it. Uh, I guess I should talk a little bit about Cody Booth. He's the tight end coach. It's his first time as a full-time position coach. So I don't really, you know, I don't know a ton about him. He did play offensive tackle in the NFL for three years, was a tight end for three years before that. So has experience transitioned over to OT, probably much smaller now would be my guess. Uh, but a young guy up and coming, Played for Adazio at Temple, coached under him at Boston College last year. That's really all I know. I mean, he's familiar with Adazio. Don't know much about him other than that. We'll be, you know, intrigued to hopefully get to know him down the line. Uh, we're going to talk the Rocky Long situation uh, when we get back, but first, let's take a hot second to hear from one of our partners. In collaboration with the Denver Nuggets, Breckenridge Brewery is proud to release Mile High City, a brilliantly bright, full-flavored copper lager. Breckenridge and the Nuggets have teamed up to give fans another thing to cheer for, and both brands are excited for fellow Coloradans to enjoy this tasty copper lager while rooting for their home team during this killer season. Mile High City has full pint and Munich malts to create a lightly toasted sweetness, balanced with a refreshing, refreshingly clean finish. A dose of Mount Hood hops adds a mild spicy and fruity aroma that complements this exceptionally smooth beer. Brewed to celebrate the Denver Nuggets, Mile High City is the perfect courtside companion. Mile High City is launching in January and will be available through April at the Pepsi Center and across Colorado in 12-ounce cans and 15-packs. Mile-high city. Go Nuggets. Go Breck. You know what to do. Alrighty, we are going to finish up today's podcast with a little bit of chatter about what's going on around the league. Rocky Long returned to New Mexico. Kind of surprising how it goes from being the head coach at San Diego State, having a ton of success, and decides to, to go back to New Mexico. He did say it was about wanting to find somewhere where he was going to settle down with his wife forever. UNM is obviously his alma mater. He's coached there before. Now he will rejoin Danny Gonzalez, who you know, he mentored. So it's kind of a cool situation. In terms of what they had versus what they have now, uh, you could really make the argument that New Mexico you know they got a better upgrade than you know just about anyone honestly i mean i'm not so sure that's the case i don't know a ton about their position coaches and honestly like that's really what's going to determine it but it's clear that UNM is, is doing a good job recruiting and between Danny Gonzalez and and long coming back i just i think that's a a good situation for the lobos especially considering you know it was an absolute dumpster fire under bob davy bob davy You know, he didn't recruit. He was investigated for poor conduct multiple times. Honestly, he was Larry Eustace without the recent success. So good for UNM for finally moving on. It feels like that's a program that's just constantly in the headlines for the wrong reasons. I mean, as recently as last weekend, they had a student athlete get shot at a party hosted by another student athlete on a night where they had traveled. It was just absolutely crazy. Uh, just a weird situation. I will say, Rocky Long. I feel like there's more to this situation. I obviously it's a good chance for him to go back to his alma mater, but I mean, he was making eight hundred and eighty thousand dollars a year at San Diego State. He's only going to be making two hundred and fifty k this year. That's a lot more money than I make. That's a lot more money than a lot of people make. But that's a serious decrease in pay. It it really feels like he, he had some legitimate beef. With the administration, I know there were some reports that came out that kind of talked about how they wanted him to make some staff changes and he wasn't willing. He stuck to his guns. He's, you know, rumored to have had some P5 interests, and I'd be shocked if he didn't get multiple offers at bigger programs, honestly. So it does seem like there is some truth in that he wants to find somewhere to lock it down, but just the fact that he was leaving san diego state i mean they have this new stadium coming it's just weird it really feels like it was personal it feels like there was some type of falling out it feels like we don't know all the information was it with the ad was it with the president i don't know but we don't know everything that's that's how i feel definitely gonna make for an interesting rematch in 2021 baztex and lobos don't play next year unfortunately Honestly, let's let's manipulate the schedule. Let's make it so they play next year. That's good for ratings. The Mountain West is always, you know, clamoring about ratings and all that stuff. We'll do that. Give us the Rocky Long Revenge game. I want to see it. Football fans want to see it. Let's see it. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 really all I have to say about the New Mexico situation. Not that deep. Uh, just interesting how it all played out. Let's uh let's finish tonight's podcast with a little talk on The Bachelor. Before we do though, I'm 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 2 years late to the party. I know I know I'm very late on this, but I recently watched Into the Spider-Verse for the first time. Incredible. So good. I don't know why I thought I wouldn't like it. I don't know why I waited so long. I love Spider-Man. I've every Spider-Man movie I ever watch I think is cool. Some are obviously way better than others. But Spider-Man is just dope. I mean, I'm, I'm easy to please. Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, Tom Holland, I don't care. I like all the Spider-Mans. My favorite Spider-Man is Reeve Carney. And if you don't know who that is, you're square. Reeve Carney played Broadway, played Spider-Man on Broadway, which I saw twice. So that's, that's where I'm at with Spider-Man. Spider-Man's dope. Into the Spider-Verse, very dope. the The artistry was just incredible. I loved the soundtrack. I loved all of it. I love the storyline. I thought it was really cool. They brought a modern and just like a really modern feel to it. It was really, really cool. When uh, Miles is walking down the street and they're bumping Biggie, pretty much lost it. There was just a lot of cool visuals. Just really, really great. It's, it's only a PG film, and I think that's kind of why I was skeptical, but it was great. I, I really loved it. Highly recommend it. If you're weird like me and waited two years to watch this, don't. It's on Netflix go check it out. Into the Spider-Verse. Very cool. But just going to wrap things up here with some brief thoughts on The Bachelor. I thought this week was a little bit more exciting than last week. It looks like they're really building for something next week. One of my bigger complaints about this show, they give away way too much on teases, like three times an episode. They show you what's coming up in that episode and then they give away a ton for next week. I know that's like the the, the TV format. I know that's not New Jersey Shore. Used to do that back in the day too. You want to tease the drama and have people be like, oh, I really want to see how it gets to that. But I just hate it. I don't, I like being surprised. I'm the same way with movies. You know, if I watch a trailer and about 20 seconds in, I realize, yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm into this. I stop watching the trailer because I don't want to see anything else. I I just want to go in and and watch it and then see how it plays out. I don't want to get teased. I don't need that. But Maybe I'm weird. I don't. Know. That's just that's just how I like to consume TV and movies. That's just that's just me. But uh, yeah, pretty pretty decent week overall. Bringing Alea back was definitely dramatic in some ways. It kind of feels like they're setting her up to be the the Bachelorette or, or featured on on something else. I'm new to this, so I don't I don't really know how this works. But that's my impression. It feels like they're kind of force-feeding her back into the situation so that she can just be more relevant, I guess. I don't know. I don't know how much of this stuff is genuine and how much of it is, like, scripted. I will say her and Victoria P both looked really bad in this situation. It doesn't really seem like either of them is being 100% up front. And let's be honest. I mean, nobody's, like, 100% up front, but it doesn't even seem like these guys are being, like, these ladies are being like 98% up front. They're, they're like telling 50% of the truth, half the truth. I don't know. Victoria P kept saying, well, my truth. What does my truth mean? I've really never understood that. There's truth. Truth is objective, I guess, but I don't know. Just that's how I don't like either one of them. I'm ready for both of them to go. There's just so many people that I'm ready for them to get off the show. My Kenna, I talked about how much I disliked her last week. Uh, if you ever If you ever hear this, my Ken, I'm sorry. I, I doubt you will, but not a fan. Just not a fan. Victoria F dancing with Pete in front of her ex, the country singer Chase Rice. Maybe the most uncomfortable thing I've ever watched on TV. It's probably too big of a coincidence. like i I don't think that was just something that happened organically. They had to have set that up on purpose. i'm I'm sure they know that she dated him. Like I'm sure they just like the producers just stalked her Instagram or whatever, and we're like, oh my god, she used to date Chase Rice. How can we, how can we write this into the show? But dancing with your new boy in in front of your old boy for like a private concert, so just so cringeworthy. That said, I did like that she finally snapped on Alea and uh, called her out for for starting drama. We need to see more of that side of her more often. Maybe uh, stick up for yourself a little bit. Bring that confidence to the table. It really feels like a lot of the girls aren't even into Pete anymore at this point. That was kind of my biggest takeaway from this episode. He's just dropped the ball on this whole situation. How is someone that can fly a plane just like such a dweeb? I don't get it. Movies, movies have made me believe that pilots are cool and like people that fly like these small like planes if you could if you can like fly a plane yourself you're like the coolest but this guy sucks man Pete he just has no personality he's boring he's he's completely mishandled this whole situation the whole house has turned on him I know some of it probably isn't his fault I know some of it is on the producers but man what do you do if you're a you go far on the bachelorette don't get picked and then you might not even end up with anybody after the bachelor like you just like give up on love at that point. I mean, it's kind of sad. I know this isn't real life. Most people don't find their their soulmate. They're this uh, garbage reality TV show. But I think Pete just kind of needs to be single for a while. Time Find some time to to find himself or something because homeboy is is dropping the ball all over the place. I felt bad for him at the beginning. But at this point, I'm kind of just like, this is on you, man. You have created a a crab storm and now you're gonna have to lie with lie in it (laughs) that's that is my bachelor talk for the week that concludes bachelor talk with jtm always fun i am enjoying the season it's crappy tv but i like it Uh, by the way we got to shout out joey simmons he does the outro song has a new song staring back at me check that out on spotify my boy love him Check that out, Staring Back at Me by Joey Simmons. That's on Spotify. Word. Have a good night. That is it.